my perspective is that those types of achievements are like unbelievably um, influential on especially kids and and uh, but even us as adults i mean if, you know right. like like the mars rover landing is an example it's like you know when you sit there and think about these types of things happening you know you, it just makes you wonder what else we can do when we work together my name is west gibbons and welcome back to the tungsten originals podcast you just heard part of my conversation with producer thomas verrett we discussed his documentary zero gravity the film's inspiring message, and how his career led him to this moment. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. Episode 68 of the Tungsten Originals Podcast. Thomas, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, and it's, I'm excited to, to talk about film. Yeah, absolutely. It's exciting to have another SCAD alum on the podcast. I found out about your film Zero Gravity because Jimmy Benedetto, one of the SCAD career advisors, posted about Zero Gravity on the film and TV page. And I was intrigued because I'm a huge space nerd. Um, and I'm so glad I watched it because I really, really enjoyed it. Um, so I'm excited to, you know, talk about that experience. Oh, I appreciate it. Thanks very much. Yeah, yeah. So like I mentioned, you are a SCAD alum. And before we get into Zero Gravity and, you know, its success at Cinequest and, you know, making that project, I want to dive into how you got into film in the first place. So when did film become something in your life that you saw yourself pursuing professionally? I It was in high school. And I guess even before that, I you know, it starts sometimes, at least for me, with uh, finding my my dad's camera uh, camcorder and making like little movies with figurines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally. You know, and, 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 you know, car, like little, like uh, car toys and, and whatever. Right. Obviously like Spielberg is a, is an inspiration for, for a lot of us. And, you know, there's all those like making ofs and videos of him and his buds, like making war movies right. as kids. And so I kind of took the same, approach and made a couple of war movies in, in high school. <laughs> you know, the first one was like BB guns and, and just whatever green we had. And I think I did it in black <laughs> <Right>. and white <laughs> and yeah. just to cover. And it's just sort of eventually got, got better from there. I mean, uh, I did another feature war movie about Vietnam uh, in high school. And we got into a point where, where we were friendly with my high school and the department and the drama. And we had like a screening and charged like admission back then. And so that kind of like paid for the for that movie. Right. Uh, in a way, I mean, it was only like $800, but, right. <laughs> but it was enough to be like, okay, now I can buy a better camera and go right. do it again. And it, it just sort of evolved a little bit from there. And in high school, though, to answer your question, I suppose uh, was sort of when I realized that that was kind of where my dream was to pursue. Mm -hmm. So did you, when did like you figure out about SCAD and apply to there? It was around the same time. Actually, I think that I worked at like a Jersey Mike's in high school and my boss at the time, he'd come to the screening that I had just mentioned and he told me that I should look at, at SCAD and that was kind of the beginning of it and then went and visited and it's in Georgia mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm, I grew up in Atlanta. Oh, okay. So it was a natural kind of in-state next step, I guess, really. Right, right. So did you go to the Atlanta campus? or the savannah one uh the savannah one okay. i think the atlanta campus when i was there had just begun maybe okay. when i was there perhaps yeah yeah okay gotcha and so you you get to scad and you know this is your first time like being taught 
film classically, like in a, in a formal way. Like, did you go into SCAD thinking director, producer, writer, or you just kind of wanted to be in the filmmaking world in some capacity? Like, did you know specifically that you wanted to be, you know, the leader on a film set? Yes, I definitely always have wanted to direct and to a lesser extent producing because producing was just something that I had to do in order to make something. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. and it kind of still feels it kind of still feels that way today. I mean, producing can be fun, but it's really difficult when it's your own movie, also, and to direct like bouncing back and forth between kind of that sort of pragmatic side and and then the creative. I guess um, I've always mm -hmm. had a little bit of a difficulty kind of balancing those two, but it's also something that's been necessary for me my entire career almost. But also, I was you know I was fascinated by editing. Um, I'd always edited a lot of uh, most of my uh, projects. And it, with the exception of like if we were working as teams in, in, in for a class or something at SCAD, but anything I'd done independently, I mean, you know, I'd sort of picked up a lot of those types of tricks and just, you know, how, how to even do it mm -hmm. kind of on my own, just by experimenting with the films I was, I was kind of already doing or in the process of, of making when I got to SCAD. Yeah. So was there a pivotal project at film school that like, you feel like kind of set you up in the right direction to what your career is now? My senior film, I think for sure, was the biggest learning experience of my life in a way because I had uh, taken it upon myself to try to do a feature oh, wow. instead of a short film. And mm -hmm. that did all end up happening, but I didn't finish the film by the time I, I graduated, really. That was just a massive learning experience trying yeah. to, to make that film to, you know, just the discovery of what happens when you're done with it even. Totally. It, it kind of changed for quite a, a couple of years af after I graduated because I hadn't found a home for it yet. I mean, I, I suppose there's, there's a lot of information, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm skipping over in a way, but basically I graduated, spent probably the next six to nine months finishing the movie. We had played at the Atlanta Film Festival, which was great, but also like the film wasn't really ready. I think like in hindsight, you know, to, to have, like I should have, really kind of honed in a lot more but i was inexperienced still right with that like you know shorten the running time and you know just try to make it as dense and compact as possible for an audience to enjoy which it wasn't then and so <laughs> I, I moved to la in 2009 and then when i got to la you know on top of just trying to find a job and an apartment i was also like kind of like i need to fit like fix this movie up and try to see if I can do something with it because it's the only thing I really have to like get my name out there, I guess. And that that effort also took probably another year. I mean, I rescored the movie, re-edited it in a, in a lot of ways, and, it, and eventually did find a distributor for that. And we had a couple screenings in LA as well, which was great. But that film didn't help me in any real way except for to get jobs like and not like, like I, I wasn't able to use that film to get more directing work or, or anything like that at least that's not how it worked for me it was like me applying for an editing job and this was my reel you know what i mean like right. it was a lot more like what can i do to make a living mm -hmm. and that was also at the time of the recession as right. well so it was, it was and like dvds were dead and there was like streaming hadn't really started yet so there was mm -hmm. it was just a difficult time to you know, try to release and finish a film and get it out there and with, you know, with no experience in the industry changing on top of it. And, and also every, like the job market at that time was a lot of free internships, you know, for three months and then maybe we'll hire you. Like right. it was, it was, a it was the, the beginning of, of the Los Angeles crusade, I guess was 
was definitely um, difficult in a lot of ways. Right. And the, the film was great for, for, you know, me getting my name out there. But, but it, it, was, it wasn't until later that I was kind of way more confident in my filmmaking, I guess, in, in, in mm-hmm. some sense. Mm-hmm. I think every filmmaker has a story of a project that is like in post-production seemingly forever. I know I certainly have those, you know, projects. So whenever you were going through all that process and like, you know, going through all these like kind of huge life changes while you're trying to get this film done, what was the biggest learning experience from that, that you took to whatever your next project would be? Either I'm going to do this differently or I should do this the same way. What was just the biggest thing you took away from that experience? Oh, that's a good question. I think the biggest takeaway for me was how the making of a movie, even to this day, I feel like we did a really good job with the actual production Mm -hmm. and even the post-production to some extent, despite it being in post for a long time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was the distribution. It was festivals. Just how complicated that part of the process really was I was completely unprepared for, I think. And I think that's just because nobody really knows how it's going to go. And every film is different too. Like for instance, with Zero Gravity, in, in essence, I mean, we're just starting festivals right now. Right. But I have all that backstory of what not to do. Mm-hmm. And that learning experience of making sure, you know, there's not a shady distributor that I'm like signing a deal with or, you know, all that's I'm prepared for now than I wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. back then. Right. And, and just the number of people that you need and money in a way for what happens when the film's done. Uh, um, I mean, that would be my biggest probably advice is that if you, if you want to release a film that you need to budget for that release as best mm-hmm. as you can. And festivals are expensive. Publicity and things like that are necessary for people to find out about it. And those are things that kind of don't occur to you until too late if you've never done it before in a way. Mm -hmm. And between Zero Gravity as well as a lot of the other projects that I've had uh, the opportunity to work on, a lot of that is already part of the process you know, early on. Right. So I was looking through your bio, both on the Zero Gravity website and just on your IMDb. And I thought it was really interesting that you produced this Fox sports docuseries Phenoms and you produced every episode, but you also edited the first episode, Goalkeepers, that premiered the series at Tribeca Film Fest. So that kind of seems like one of the pillars of your career and also seems like another incredible learning experience. Can you tell me how you got associated with that and just kind of what the story behind that is? Sure. So Phenoms absolutely was a pinnacle for me as as far as my career. It was the biggest project. It was the most complicated and it was the biggest size crew production. I mean, we shot in 20 countries for two and a half, maybe even three years to some extent for some of the uh, the players that are featured in it. And you know, it was all built up to the World Cup, so there was this big kind of end game for it and, right. in a way, and it was really exciting. And I'm a big soccer fan as well, so it, it felt like kind of the perfect, just like universe aligned for like where my interests were at the time in, in a way too, and also where I wanted to to push and pursue uh, my own like career and even the learning experience of of doing something like that was pretty incredible. How I got involved with that is uh, probably eight years earlier. Maybe. It was actually one of my first major jobs that I had gotten in Los Angeles. I had I had applied for a job on Craigslist to edit a trailer or some sizzle trailers for uh, Fox Digital Studio. And I didn't know that that's who it was, I think, when I applied. And and uh, anyway, I got an email back and they basically, basically had me do um, a, a test trailer. 
Right. Which was for a project that hadn't been shot yet. It was like kind of one of those sizzles that you create to try to sell a project. Mm-hmm. I, I did that. They loved it. And, and then I started editing for them pretty consistently for about four years. I had uh, eventually moved moved on. I, I did some like traveling and came back, and then I ended up working for Directv for a couple of years, doing promos and d- editing and directing some some promos uh, for their series. Their AT and T original series is now what they are, and I think some of them are even on uh, HBO Max now, or they might be soon. Right. And then I remember uh, my my former uh, boss. He called me up one day and was like, "Hey, I think I have a project for you," and it was and it turned out to be Phenoms and. Some of that was related to, I think, in a way, just our experience working. We had done four or five shows and films together previously, and when and I was just a freelancer at that time, and I had burned myself out actually because I was working so much. So I took a couple of months and, and sort of did a a Euro backpacking trip uh, kind of thing and tried to find my soul again. (laughs) But I think that experience also lent itself to doing a a series about soccer and the world cup and all the nations and the European Mm. teams and everything. I mean, like all that, they kind of really became advantageous in a way. Right. Uh, when that, when that series started. So it's just really interesting to me that, the, the the choices and events that that have that happened to um, to make that series possible for me at least, you know those a lot of them I can't you can't plan really they just totally. is sort of the way that the planets align for you in a way right. So whenever it premiered at Tribeca, that must have felt pretty incredible. I mean, Tribeca is a pretty serious festival. It's obviously very an, a very esteemed establishment. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was amazing. It was my first big festival. Mm-hmm. The response was great. The scariest part about that is I was still producing the rest of the series while we were premiering that. And so it was oh, a little wow. nerve wracking for me because even though I wanted to enjoy that as much as I could, I knew I still had four major episodes to deliver to the network right. that, were, that were ongoing while we were at Tribeca. And while I was talking about how excited I am for everybody to see it, I'm like, oh my God, I <laughs> hope I can get it all done <laughs> by the delivery <laughs> dates. Right. So uh, right. It, it was great. And it was, it was, it was really nice to um, also share the, the, the show with a, in a theater. Right. And obviously at Tribeca, because you know television is is interesting in in in, in a sense that you know it's just going to air and <laughs> so you don't it's it's yeah. actually it's very similar to how this virtual festival for cinequest is going right now right. where you know there are like zoom um events and things like that but but it is really kind of like it feels afar and totally and 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 and, and, and it reminds me a little bit of of doing that series because you just kind of don't know how it's going in a way until right. numbers come in later. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought up Zero Gravity because that is, of course, the main reason why we're here, the main reason I'm talking to you. So just a quick bit about the film so the audience knows what we're talking about. Zero Gravity is a feature documentary that follows a diverse group of middle school students from San Jose, California, who compete in a nationwide tournament to code satellites aboard the International Space Station. I was immediately interested in, you know, this story because like I said at the top of the episode, I'm a huge space nerd and like I wish I 
took part in this whenever I was in school. But I was also really interested when I was looking at the IMDb that this was originally a short film. Zero Gravity was just a short focusing on Carol, who was one of the students that the feature focuses on. But of course, you know, we're here to talk about the feature, which is premiering at Cinequest when we're recording this. So can you tell me about how you got involved in this story and just how this kind of came on your plate? So I have to give a lot of credit to... Um my executive producer and former boss, David Brooks, uh, because he was the one who sort of found out and knew about the uh, Zero Robotics competition that the film sort of centers around. And he had a connection with MIT and the Zero Robotics uh, team and introduced me to them. And the original premise was to make a short film. And the idea was that it would be a proof of concept in a way mm-hmm. for a potential high school uh, series because there's also a high school competition mm-hmm. that's much that's that's bigger. It's it's uh, nation or it's sorry, it's global. Right. Uh, I think there's like 20 countries that participate in the in the high school competition as well. And so uh, the idea was to do a, a short about uh, using the middle school competition uh, as a proof of concept uh, to potentially. Uh, make a series hopefully one day about it Mm -hmm. and so that was kind of how it all began but we were also doing phenoms like really soon at the Mm -hmm. like i basically had like a very short window to try to do this Mm -hmm. i think we edited the short in like you know three weeks i mean and and obviously as you now know there's a feature film of it so that means that i had a lot of material uh that never even got really looked at to some extent for uh to try to create that that short film, mm-hmm. but it was also a very good learning experience too, honestly. And this feature wouldn't exist if if we hadn't had that original premise uh, as as kind of like a proof of concept, really. So uh, that's how all that came about. And then um, I left my position at Twenty uh, Digital last January because I was looking to kind of pursue uh, pursue my own projects and and just you know try to uh, get. Uh, my own films and and productions going and 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 then obviously yeah three months COVID three happened. months later and everything changes. <laughs> but fortunately, I had I had something that I had shot mostly anyway, and um, and so that this whole film kind of in a way is you know it was definitely a silver lining in the in right. the in just sort of the unfortunate year that we've all had for, definitely kept me going, and that's kind of how how at least it, we got to here right in that sense right. So were you saying that you? after shooting the short you didn't like gather or you didn't film any more footage for the future you just had that much footage yes yes wow that's interesting uh there's a a little bit of um of extra stuff in the feature that were you know like catch-ups and 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 you know there's obviously a lot of archive and things like that so Mm -hmm. there was definitely more material uh for for to do the feature that didn't even exist when we shot originally but yeah all the 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 whole film most of it at least was shot in uh 2017 and so it's really interesting in the sense for the for you know to revisit it like just for instance me you know doing the film and then catching up with the kids that are like the stars Mm -hmm. of it essentially and you know they've been the same age for me for this like this whole time (laughs) right you know (laughs) yeah uh, yeah. uh, so it was, it was fascinating to, to catch up with them and I'm glad that, uh, you know, and we, we have a little epilogue in the, in the film, uh, with that as well. But, but yeah, the, all, uh, predominantly everything was, was kind of the summer of 2017. And then I'd rolled right into Feedoms at that point. Gotcha. So this didn't really, I didn't really have, um, the time or, uh, or even the resources, uh, to, right. uh, to kind of pursue it until, until I was sort of 
stuck at home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think in, in a way, it's it can be a really positive experience to film something and then just kind of like take a step back before you start looking at the footage because, you know, you can come at it with a more fresh set of eyes and stuff. And it also works that you, um, you know, had like a hiatus almost in air quotes from editing it because you got to use the Mars rover landing, which was just a couple months ago as kind of like the, the, the cherry on top to the, to the end of the story. And, and that's a story beat that works really, really well. And if you had, edited it in 2017 or 2018 then that wouldn't have been there so it, it kind of works out in a way yeah it definitely does i mean the experience of of making this film has has kind of I mean, there's so many aspects to it that that i feel um honestly just very blessed like for the the sort of circumstances that led to certain uh revelations for me editorially or or even just the support of of like you know institutions and and the astronauts um i mean you know it's it's just been a fascinating process for me because i mean we are basically trying to shine a light on on um, education and and diversity and opportunity and inclusion and and how to do this stuff well and prepare you know the next generation for what's coming and you know when they when they become young adults and and sort of take off from there and yeah, just how how all that that kind of happened and and got wrapped up is again it's it's sort of like these things that you just can't plan. You know, I I'd always known I wanted to tie in the 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 Mars uh rover landing with the ending of the movie. I just had no idea exactly how when I um right. you know and I and like I think I think it was actually around the time that the that the rover launched was around the time I started really getting into the edit. <laughs> so wow. it was it was very interesting to me that that uh, it, it, we were actually wrapping it when it landed. <laughs> right, right, I mean, right. That's really full circle. But there, there's an odd aspect to like things like that, which is just wow. Look at what they're doing. It's like I mean, how in, how incredible is it that we're landing rovers and and kind of preparing, you know, to. Uh, probably in the next decade or two um, at the latest to, you know, land humans on yeah. Mars. And, and so this story is sort of a celebration about what it takes to, to kind of ignite that flame in, in, mm. in students. And yeah, it's, it's, I'm, st I still haven't fully uh, digested all of this really, <laughs> honestly, right. because I just finished like the film I guess it was last week, <laughs> <laughs> days ago, and, uh, and 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 you know we you know we ran right into the Cinequest. So I mean, like so many things, like I I kind of need to to have a moment probably to fully digest all this stuff. But it but I'm you know I'm consistently just amazed at the support and and um and you know the care that people feel to share uh you know a story about education really. I mean, yeah, I think that one of our maybe primary goals should be as a nation is is sort of educating our 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 you know the next generation and and preparing them uh and so i've always felt strongly about that and and mm -hmm. um but this film in a way wasn't even like i didn't make it to shine a light on that but that's naturally kind of what is becoming of it and that that was a part of the process editorially too that just became right. a discovery really mm -hmm. you know or it become you there's an ask there's a part of it where where you realize that you may have something 
special and worth people's time, I hope, <laughs> I guess, at yeah, the end yeah, of the day. Totally. And, uh, and so you just hope and ride that, that wave as best mm-hmm. as you can and we'll see what happens. But, um, I'm, you know, I'm very excited that it's done and, and people are enjoying it and, and get it, and it's getting out there a little bit now. Yeah, but there's totally. a lot of road ahead too, <laughs> I think. Right, right. Absolutely. What I thought was really interesting about it is, you know, that, like you were saying, that narrative of education being important is a compelling narrative in and of itself the narrative of like this nationwide competition between middle schoolers who are sending code to space is a compelling narrative in itself. But I love that zero gravity got into the humanity of these kids and like their family situations. And you really learn about them and you start to see why it is so important. Like you said, some people may not agree with this, but we should all agree that education is important, obviously. But um, to really go into these kids' backstory and like how their um, families came to the country and just all like that was unexpected to me, but I really loved it. You know, I, it's it seemed like a, a natural way for that story to go. So whenever you're filming, you know, these intimate family moments what is like going through your head? Because I've interviewed other documentary filmmakers who have captured those things. And it's always interesting to me because you're a third person, you're a third party witnessing intimate moments in a kid's life, you know, and you're documenting it. And it's just, it can be interesting. Some, some families can be welcoming and like, and obviously these families were because you got the opportunity to do that. But then also understandably. So some people can be like, I don't want you to film this. Like I'm talking to my child, (laughs) you know? So how, how was it navigating those experiences? This was in a way my first time even attempting something like this too. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, with the exception of phenoms, most of the work I had done previously was, um, was narrative and, And so I, you know, some of it, I was, again, just, you know, doing my best to, uh, to try to make everyone comfortable. I found at least for me that, um, I tended to talk to the, the kids as if they were adults as much as possible too, um, and sort of show as much respect as I could, uh, to them and, and their families, because at the end of the day, the uh, I didn't know necessarily where the story would go, but the the ultimate goal was was to to sort of share um, an intimate story about what happens to or, or just like what the point of view and perspective is of of a kid who's ten or eleven doing this kind of thing, and that was really like the ultimate goal for me. And I think everybody that uh, all the families and and I don't think the kids necessarily knew a lot of this at the time. Um, I think they were just in a way, sometimes just excited (laughs) to to kind of have some focus on, on, on their thoughts and things. But I think all that just kind of over, over the course of, of the shoot and what they were doing and knowing what the end goal was, was to get to the finals, uh, and see their code in space. Uh, there's just a lot of support, I think from everyone to try to share that that perspective and I, I it wasn't I didn't find it difficult in a sense to everybody seemed really on board with the whole thing but of course shooting those moments is very different than than kind of like talking to them ahead of time and be like this is what we're you know right. the whole thing's about what we're trying to do and um, you know all those moments just kind of happened too I mean you do the mm-hmm. best you can to sort of set up the premise of what the what we're going after but after that they kind of take it and run with it and you ask 
the questions right. as best as you can when things are happening. I mean, it was very, it was very, it was a very organic process. I think that their stories, I love the, the, the backstories and, and, and how they just the point of view, really, I mean, I mm -hmm. think that thinking about space, in, in a way, sometimes it's easier to, to comprehend from, um, from, you know, a young uh, voice who, mm -hmm. who, who still has kind of that like does hasn't completely lost that innocence um, yet and, and isn't dealing with you know, the troubles Taxes. of, of life. <laughs> <Taxes>. <laughs> you know, or, you know, paychecks and, and, yeah. you know, working and, and things like that. You know I mean? Their job is to learn right at, at that age. Right. Right. That was actually something that really stuck out to me is that I think when we talk about how inspirational space is, which I uh, probably annoy my friends too much by talking about that to them, but it's me such too. a, it's a, <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one. It's such a great vehicle to have that conversation about education and the next generation because you see the hope in their eyes and you see how like they truly can achieve being the first person to to go to Mars or something. Like, you know, we, we hear the the first person to set foot on Mars is probably in middle school right now or in kindergarten or something. Like that person is living, which is crazy to think about. But that innocence, I'm, I'm so glad it was captured because like you said, it's so inspirational for older generations to hear because you have to have a certain sense of naivety, in my opinion, to, be to believe that you can go to Mars. You know, like to, to think about how... 50 years ago uh, or like 50 60 years ago the idea of going to the moon was a foreign idea and then we're just like we're gonna do it and we're gonna figure it out <laughs> and that's crazy to think that we went from deciding to go to the moon to landing there in less than a decade i think you need to have that twinkle in your eye that naivety of like we can do it if we set our mind to it so this was just a perfect yeah. avenue to capture that i think yeah i i completely agree and um you know, there's a, there's like obviously in in the film uh, we definitely touch on on uh, the moon landing and Apollo 11 in particular, and sort of what that did even for uh, the astronaut on the ISS uh, during the film um, is astronaut Jack Fisher, and you know he he was he talking about how that inspired him mm -hmm. in a way to get to where he is, and and it's like so the, those like threads that kind of like happen over generations in a way um is sort of the 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 fascinating part of it to me is you know it, it just always comes down to where do our dreams and uh come from really and and who inspires us and and you know how do we uh share that with with others and and you know i mean i was talking to you earlier about like spielberg's like war movies that like and so i just kind of <laughs> copied that and that's how over you know <laughs> right the course of my life, I, I'm, I made a movie about space and inspiration. So mm -hmm. it's, you know, that, I mean, I think it's all connected at the end of the day. And I'm very aware that there's plenty of people that, that think that we don't need to be focusing money on our budgets and like for NASA or space and exploration, like, because we have so many problems and, you know, at home or, you know, just on our planet, I suppose. But my perspective is that is that those types of achievements are like unbelievably um, influential on especially kids and and uh, but even us as adults i mean if, you know right. like like the mars rover landing is an example it's like you know when you sit there and think about 
this these types of things happening, you know, you, it just makes you wonder what else we can do when we work together and, uh, uh, mm -hmm. to kind of pursue these things. And and the the advantage of, of uh, that that kind of exploration and just will to to try and push that boundary, like you know you know what it can do. It it brings mm -hmm. people together, like. You know, when the first person lands on Mars, I don't, it doesn't, I don't even think it matters who, who or where they're from, you know, because it's a global event of celebration of what humans can do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It, it breaks down those, those, those boundaries and barriers in a way. And, and, and I feel like space does that in general a lot of times. And, yeah. and yeah, and I guess that's the, just, maybe I'm just talking about, about what, you know, what I like and how I want it to, to feel and, and things like that. But that's kind of, you know, a little bit of, of where that passion comes from to try to share this stuff. And I loved doing it from the perspective of a 10 year, 10 or 11 year old, because it becomes just so much like, like it's pure and easy to understand. Right. Right. You know, what, one of the other interesting things about the film is that you have to explain the competition to people. And I know in the Q and a that's um, if, if you, you know, buy a ticket to see it, you, you kind of mentioned that, that like, first you had to understand what was going on. And then you had to, uh, had to explain that to us, which I will say you did a good job because at first I was like, I'm not going to know. And I'm not, I'm going to miss important things because these 10 year olds can comprehend it, but I uh, can't for some reason. <laughs> so, you know, when it comes to tackling those themes and stuff, how much of that, like, was decided in post-production and kind of just what was your mindset whenever you were editing this film, like you said, during one of the most uncertain times in our recent history? Yeah, that's a good question, too. I mean, like, well, to start, I, I suppose, um, you know, you brought up like how like just trying to explain the competition and what their kids are doing and what they're trying to achieve. Yeah, that was very difficult uh, because it's coding, it's science, and it's it's like a game that you're not familiar with um, right. as an audience. It's not basketball, and it's not like a spelling bee or something. It's it's like it's way it's pretty complicated in its own. And uh, but what helps is that it's wrapped all around putting a GPS system on Mars. Is the right. kind of the, the real premise of the of the game in the movie. Yeah, that was a a big uh, I think just exploration for me to figure out how best to do it. I and that and that that part of it really came from editing and and just sharing the movie uh, with people to see what they're missing. Um, there's an aspect of it too where you just kind of have to say I think I think this is enough. If even if you right. don't get every detail right, you get the overall gist of it, and and right. you hear the same words across the film. You know. Uh, often enough, and and it, it sorts to it starts to register, but that was very complicated and and, and interesting pro, pro, uh, process just in and of itself, and took a right. long time, right, uh, to, to figure out. But as far as the themes and um, that like the post production process is was interesting for me, and and you kind of alluded to it earlier because that break from shooting it then to like kind of realizing what's there in the material. I think that break is the only reason I was able to do the movie in a lot of ways, because as a director, you know, you can be very uh, just obsessed with a moment that you capture that doesn't actually uh, like register for an audience. But you, you know, but it does for you and you're you, you, you can get wrapped up in all that. Um, at least I can. Totally. And so having that break oh, <laughs> really helped, was really helpful because you're, you know, 
I was able to kind of just look at it like an editor as if I hadn't, hadn't directed mm. it in a way, which was absolutely um, important because then I could see basically what the idea of, and the intent of, it, of the scene was without, but, I, but also knowing what it needed in order to, con- like, uh, what, what extra material to, uh, to convey and, and get those ideas across uh, for, for the audience. I think that I like the themes were always there, but the mm-hmm. the difficulty was figuring out how to uh, how to like juxtapose, you know, like the kids getting on a bus with the astronauts going on a bus to the launch pad. You know, what I mean, right. like it's like that, like those types of, of parallels that was discovered, uh, you know, in in editing. Although I I can tell you that when I was shooting it, I did have those ideas. Uh, at that time, but I, you know, I just had no idea how it would work. I hadn't seen any of that archive. I, you know, I mean, there was a big deep dive in a lot of ways just mm-hmm. on that side too. The yeah. post-production process was, was, was long and, uh, difficult just for, for like those reasons alone. I mean, documentaries, you know, you don't have a script either. And so you're writing yeah. it as an editor in a way. Right. So did talking to the astronauts change your approach at all? Because I thought that was another really cool facet is that you were interviewing the astronauts that the kids like were talking to over, you know, space zoom or whatever it is, like calling them basically. Um, <laughs> how did that change your approach? I think what was fascinating about the about talking to the astronauts is how well aware and how uh, willing they were to to uh, to provide that, that kind of hope and, and their own stories, uh, to kids. I, I mean, it, it felt like every, every astronaut that I've uh, spoken to, like fortunately for the film, they, they all have a story that's kind of similar to the story of the movie in a way, not, not in like they're doing a competition or something, but there's always a, some like, you know, they saw like, you know, like, uh, astronaut Katie Coleman, she talks about being inspired mm-hmm. by, by Sally Ride the first American woman in space. And, and, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, uh, Jack Fisher was, was talking about the, uh, the Apollo missions and, and how that inspired him. And so those kind of just realizations that, that, you know, they, they have obviously um, are, you know, exceptional at what they do and, and, but they're also very humble and, and, you know, like that experience and process of, of just kind of having those conversations with them was, was Mm. incredibly rewarding and, and, um, and kind of an honor (laughs) to honestly, because we were, you know, I mean, I was, this started as just a small little film about, about some, some middle schoolers (laughs) and it sort of time grew and became something that still was that, but, but, but they like kind of wrapped up in, in sort of a mm-hmm. much bigger idea. And, and that, that happened in a way right. because of them um, and, and their willingness to, to share some of that uh, for us and the movie. Mm-hmm. I also love the part where the astronaut that was on the space station was giving some presentation and Mike Collins got to ask him a question. And for those who are listening and don't know, Mike Collins was um, one of the three members of Apollo 11. He was the guy who stayed in um the lander orbiting the earth while buzz and neil went down and walked on the moon that that was i wish i was there to like see that in person that was a really cool moment oh yeah absolutely no just just having that 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 little piece where you you kind of just recognize that that like that would that's that's an example just from an edit an editing perspective where that sequence or scene was never planned for i didn't even know it existed 
in the beginning of the process, but it, it basically said everything. It, it sets up everything that the movie's about in, in, right. in a really like kind of in, in, like unique way. And that's something that I, you know, I can't take credit for other than, and then just uh, the fact that that moment happened and, and I had kind of discovered it really, right. but it was so such a perfect way to symbolize where the movie was about to go. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that you, uh, that you recognized and, and love that moment because it, it oh, was, yeah absolutely one of my favorites yeah well and it's perfect because in the same way that these middle schoolers are inspired by current astronauts those astronauts still have that twinkle in their eye and are still inspired by the people who did it first and so it's you know standing on the shoulders of giants kind of type lesson i feel like you know absolutely yeah, yeah. so like you said earlier you know you'd, you'd almost just finished uh hitting the export button you just finished um editing it and now it's premiering when this episode comes out sadly cinequest will be done but when we're recording um cinequest is happening and cinequest is an uh, a film festival that's based in san jose so how was it premiering the film in the town sadly it's virtual because of covid of course but you know that's feels like another full circle moment of filming in san jose and then getting to premiere the festival premiere the film at the festival that takes place there you know yeah absolutely i mean um yeah premiering at cinequest was, has kind of always been the dream because of that connection it was you know it's a it's i mean it, obviously the the film has big ideas and and it, it's not just about san jose mm-hmm. and silicon valley but it, it the film and 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 our experience uh, shooting it and and you know the um, the educators and and just everybody that that helped make it possible were all there and 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 to have the support of the city and the school districts you know it just felt like the right place to start and share like this this kind of amazing thing that their city did with them um, it's very um, you know obviously it's unfortunate that we're doing, you know, this is all virtually, but, um, the lockdowns and, and this stuff, you know, theaters are starting to reopen and mm-hmm. festivals are going to, you know, over the course of the year, I think, you know, go back to kind of normal to some extent at least. And, uh, and Cinequest also, um, I think are, are also planning to, to do a live, um, event sometime later this year, I think in the end of August, but I, I don't know for sure. So that's also going, I hope that happens because, you know, mm-hmm. I would love to be able to, to share that in a theater and, 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 you know, we mixed it for, 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 you know, like as a finish and obviously you're, you know, if the virtual fest like diminishes a lot of that too, but, um, but, but it was, uh, it's, you know, incredibly, uh, exciting to, and rewarding to, to be able to kind of start and share it with the city that made it all happen, honestly. Right. Right. I'm glad I'm catching you at the beginning of Zero Gravity's festival run. And I want to ask, like, as you move forward in the festival circuit, but also just, you know, once it's released somewhere or has distribution somewhere, uh, you know, as this film's life continues, what do you hope is the biggest thing that audiences take away from the film? My hope is that it inspires students and and kids to to pursue stem and and science and in really just their own dreams i i suppose but but i my hope is actually to pass down the the inspiration that that these astronauts passed down to each other that 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 you know the students had from their you know 
their parents or, or the people that affected them in their lives, like the, the biggest honor would be actually to, to have the film and the, and the stories of, of, of uh, the three main uh, kids in the film passed down uh, that mm -hmm. inspiration to others. I mean, I, I think that if that happens at all, <laughs> I would be, I, I could, you know, I definitely uh, would be happy uh, with, with that result. Mm -hmm. I just think that, again, it, you know, it all kind of comes back to what, what, what's possible with education mm -hmm. if people uh, kind of allow it to and, and promote, um, you know, kind of, I, I mean, we have a lot of issues in education as, as is, I mean, like teachers are, you know, buying their own books and supplies to like, just things that don't really make a whole lot of sense to me. And, and, and I would love to try to, I, I, you know, I don't think this movie is necessarily making a statement about any of that. It's just, but it is about education done well. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, it's, you know, it's unfortunate to me that, that, that we, we're just having issues when it comes to, uh, that you know support really and mm -hmm. in, in you know wherever you are in the country not everybody has those same opportunities as, as much as we want them to and mm -hmm. um i would really love to uh to or hope that this movie sort of helps change that i guess at the end of the day and make it make it possible for for anybody to do anything and we and you know maybe we don't finance one bomber <laughs> Yeah. And that you know, ten billion dollars for it goes into. I mean, I don't know what that solution really is. It's just like kind of where my head is at. I guess at the end of the day, um, yeah, is that that it makes a, a little a little splash of difference somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. My mom was a public school art teacher in my hometown for sixteen years, and so education is super important in my family. And so I could not co-sign that opinion more. And I, and I have no doubt that this will absolutely, um, spur some of those conversations. Um, before we go, I do want to pick your brain about one final thing. So as I told you before we started recording, I just graduated from SCAD in August. And, um, I know myself and a lot of other of my peers who are either just graduated or, um, will be graduating soon are trying to navigate this transition from film school to the industry because graduating during COVID is a very weird time. And I think it's interesting that you graduated and moved to LA, you know, at the peak of the great recession. And also like before streaming services became what they are today, because now the, the landscape of like how to get your film made is brand new it seems like because you have all these different streaming services they come and go so quickly and stuff so it's it feels like it's changing every day you know so yeah. what words of wisdom <laughs> would you offer to people like me who are just trying to figure this out and just make great stuff like you have done i think it in some ways it depends on what your angle or what your your goal really is for me um the the best it's not even advice but i'm going to share a little bit i mean mm -hmm. it may turn out to be but I'll, I'll share a little bit about kind of what it was like for me in the beginning and hopefully that 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 leads to some some in, interesting information that that, that yeah. people can can take uh with them uh so, you know, as I was telling you, I started um, out uh, as an editor professionally. Uh, that was the path that I had chosen in a way because I, people were, were, were you know, I, like I did a good job and mm -hmm. people kept paying me for it. And, and, it, and that, that it just sort of opened up more doors over time in, in, in that direction. Um, 
And I'm incredibly grateful uh, for the editorial um, uh, just experience that I have because it has informed almost every aspect of the process for me that I've done in any other way. Like I, I've, I, you know, I've written some screenplays um, and or like in this case, you know, you're an editor um, who's writing a movie, you know, as a, you know, in a documentary sense um, and editing like having that back that background it 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 just informs everything you do like even directing wise like just uh knowing what you're shooting and how it's how to some extent it's going to all fit together um was uh was you know it has been really important and and um you know you're obviously still learning and every project is different but you kind of eventually get a sense of of how this all is going to work together even early on, I, I, you know, I was, I was even asked, um, you know, a couple times by, um, by directors and stuff to, to, you know, look at the scripts that they, that they were going to shoot. And, and, uh, you know, just with, from my experience as an editor being like, you know, is there anything that's going to jump out to you? And I, and I, and I feel like if I read a script, I can sort of pinpoint where the pace is going to fall. If it's a, you know, if it's a feature in particular. Um, if, if it's not already there on the page and you can't do that always because sometimes the director has a vision that, that isn't on the page and so on and so forth. But, but all those things kind of inform, uh, hopefully how to, uh, you know, kind of not stumble at some of those roadblocks that, that, that I have at least, um, like th all those experiences have definitely helped. Um, and there's one project in particular too, that, um, that I so the experience of edit, editing and working with directors has also been fascinating for uh, handling notes, which I think SCAD yeah. is all, was also pretty good with um, with the critiques and and that yeah. definitely evolves <laughs> into in, in, as you go and grow in, in the industry. At least it has for me. I mean, what, the best part about editing as well is just being one of the top, like the right. creators of something, right? You know, you might not be the director always or the producer, but you're you have a massive hand in how that thing is going to end up. And so when you get notes that you don't agree with, <laughs> sometimes it's, you know, the, there's a part of, um, I'll share a story about, um, a show. Well, it was like a movie that, uh, that was kind of like a, a two hour sci-fi right. pilot. It was called parallels that I did. You know, I, it was one of my favorite projects I ever did because it just hit every beat that I love, like show, like TV that I loved at the time. I mean, like fringe was like a huge, like I was a huge fan of that show for instance. It, it has like, kind of like it fits in that realm. And, uh, uh, but like we, ha I kept getting this like note that one of the characters, um, uh, like nobody liked this, this character and, um, and it was really frustrating to me cause I didn't feel that way. <laughs> uh, I, I was like, but that's, you know, that's growth of the character and you come to appreciate and, and grow to love them over, over the course of the movie. And that like, you know, and have that has that change, but, um, <laughs> it just never went away. <laughs> and so I eventually I was like, okay. Guys, just give me like five, like just let me go into a hole for a weekend and figure out. I I didn't want anybody there. I didn't want anybody talking to me. I just wanted to go and figure it out. And what I eventually realized is that the notes that people were giving me about how to fix that character problem were like I tried all of them and I hated them all because uh, because they were very they were they were smart and and they were trying to help, but but that wasn't the root really. And that that experience I'll never forget because. It made me realize that anytime you get a note, um, it doesn't actually mean 
that like the like doing that note is going to fix they, it might fix it for 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 somebody who's not involved like they're like oh yeah cool that works better but but for you as the creator or like a major contributor in that um you know it doesn't solve the right. problem for you <laughs> and that's hard to let go sometimes especially if you're really passionate about what you're doing and um and what i ended up doing in that circumstance is i i instead of doing any all the other notes that they had about this character i just uh uh, I cut out mm. the opening scene, like her introduction, the character's introduction, and it and everything else mm. worked. Yeah, and that was it. But I had like you know notes like uh, you know cut out this line, like you know cut out this shot, like like I mean really specific like you know notes uh, just trying to like you know everybody was trying to figure out how to fix it or help the the movie and make it better, but but they weren't necessarily um in the weeds like i was and 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 uh that that learning experience of realizing that it was uh that notes aren't always what they appear and sometimes there's something else going on then and that's your job to interpret um what has been invaluable i mean i've never forgotten that 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 like that experience and it is you know to this day been monumentally important because um now anytime i get a note about a script or what you know anything um, I always stop and ask myself, is that note what it appears or is there something else that they that somebody just doesn't know how to convey to you because they don't really know what they're bumping on, mm -hmm. but they're trying to help, you know, and 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 at the end of the day, everybody wants something to be the best it can be. Um, and I found that that experience as an editor um, and dealing with those types of things uh like really, really has, has, has changed, um, uh, just how I kind of even approach or deal with notes and criticism, you know, because, because I, I tend to think that there's always a reason <laughs> for, for a note, even if it's not exactly being communicated, because that's sometimes really difficult. It's very, um, you know, uh, it's, you know, it's like personal to everyone. Like they, you know, the, right. the process of trying to explain, what what isn't working for you isn't always easy right, um, right. i'm not sure if that answers your question but it was but it was it was definitely it's that that's definitely um, a moment in in my career that that has influenced i think everything since then yeah no i love that i think that's really interesting and is important for people to hear because you know you're gonna get told um no a lot of times in your career and i like it's, it's a good perspective to have on like what that no can specifically mean or what that note can specifically mean. So no, I really appreciate that. Um, Thomas, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and talk with me. I'm so glad that I, you know, saw zero gravity and that it got on my radar because I really enjoyed watching it and I wish you continued festival success. I have no doubt that this is going to connect with audiences because, um, I think a story like this is something that's really important for people to hear about right now. So I appreciate you making this and sharing it with us and, you know, taking the time to talk to us. Oh, my pleasure. It's, it's, it's been fantastic. And, you know, it's nice to talk scat and, and yeah. the road and, and dreams. And, you know, I hope, I hope we, uh, you know, we all can learn from each other. I mean, that's at the end of the day, none, no, nobody makes a movie alone, you know? Right. So absolutely. Absolutely. Well, audience, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to drop us a review on iTunes, that actually helps us out a lot. And uh, yeah, next episode will be out at Monday at 9 a.m. Thomas, thank you again for being with us and we'll catch y'all in the next one. Thank you. Thank you.